0: This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2.
1: It's always a treat when we get to catch up with our space expert and TikTok sensation astrophysicist Kirsten Banks. Good morning to you, Kirsten. Good morning. Look, there's plenty of space news around this month, starting with the very first locally made satellite blasting off in Western Australia.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. Indeed, it's the first ever satellite made from Western Australia. Maybe not quite what you would expect. I didn't know what I was expecting when I heard about it, but... Apparently, it's about the size of a Vegemite sandwich. Yeah, is that just because it's an Australian satellite? Is that small? I mean, it could have been any, a, a peanut butter sandwich, but, you know, Vegemite, <laughs> we have to make it Australian, don't we? <laughs> but I think when we think
1: satellites, we think really big things in space, right? Exactly. I, I never knew you could make yeah. them that small.
0: You really can. They can be quite, quite small. So Binar 1, which Binar is Nunga for fireball, which is fantastic. I love that. First Western Australian-made satellite sent into orbit. So it was sent up on the, in, to the International Space Station on a SpaceX rocket and it will just be released. And despite it being the, the core part of the satellite itself is the size of a Vegemite sandwich. But it's about... You know those small tissue boxes you can get to put in your car that just like perfectly fits yeah. in those random square holes? Uh, like not quite a cup holder, but just a bit bigger. It's about the size of that. So it's quite small, but still big enough to have cameras on it. So it will take photos of Western Australia and of the stars.
1: You've got to start small. You've got to start somewhere, right? You can't go Absolutely. too big too soon.
0: Exactly. Plus it does have upscaling opportunities as well. These core... Functional thing, we'll actually be able to power even bigger satellites as well eventually.
1: All right. Now, keeping it nice and Australian, there's a piece of Australian flora that's come back to Earth after a space mission.
0: Absolutely. And this is such a sweet story to cleanse the doom scrolling of the <laughs> internets currently. Um, so, five packets of golden wattle seeds were sent to the International Space Station. And now, In an even more wonderful side of the story uh, is they're being sent to over 270 schools across australia to take part in a space-based learning community science project so how does this work so essentially what they're trying to test is to see how these seeds grow depending on whether they've stayed on earth or if they've been to space so it will involve the project will involve school students in comparing the growth of these seedlings among those who have been to space and those that have remained on Earth, and this will be one of the biggest space science education experiments ever performed in Australia.
1: Wow. I reckon you must be pretty excited about this, being a you know a big space fan and, and a space education fan as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And the best part is that we can get involved as well if we want to. Many of the uh, seed packets have been assigned to schools, but there, are still an, uh, there is still an opportunity to get involved and grow your own space waddle.
1: Oh, well, there you go. If you want to know more information on space waddle, look it up and grow some in your backyard. We are always keen to hear about, I believe, your favourite Mars rover, the Perseverance, and a big feat was achieved by Percy earlier this month.
0: Absolutely. Earlier this month, Percy has taken its first ever rock samples to be collected and then brought back to Earth in future missions. And it's super exciting because this is the first rock cores ever collected on another planet.
1: Wow, okay. Now, I know that Percy's been up there for a roughly six months before it actually picked up this rock. Why is it such a hard thing or big deal for it to actually pick up a rock from the ground and, and store it?
0: Well, the, the mechanism that actually collects the rock samples and for the whole part of this process has about 3,000 parts to it. So there's a lot to get sorted. It's very sensitive as well. Um, And it was actually initially supposed to happen a month prior on August 6th. So when they actually went and did that for that initial sample, no rock sample was actually collected. Because the rock was too crumbly, apparently. Uh. So what they had to do is since they saw, oh, no, we haven't got any rock samples in the drill. What's going on? We needed to troubleshoot back on Earth to make sure that the mechanism was, in fact, working properly and then try again. But what's quite funny and makes me laugh a little bit is that when they were trying again earlier this month, they did the drill and they made Percy look into the drill and take a photo just to make sure it was there, make sure there's actually a rock core sample in there. And so I just imagine because Mars and Earth are pretty far away from each other at the moment, it takes an- several minutes for a signal to go across from Earth to Mars. So I just imagine Percy has been told what it's supposed to do. It drills, points the drill back to its camera and just stares at it for a few hours until <laughs> that signal goes to back to Earth for the scientists at JPL and NASA to just make sure it's definitely there, be like, okay, great, let's send a signal back. You can now deposit that and put that into its little little case and then drop it on the Martian floor. And just imagine if you were on Mars or if there were, you know, yes. maybe if there's Martians on Mars looking at Percy just like staring into a drill for hours on end <laughs> and then just putting it into its thing and then moving on. I think that's very very funny. <laughs> Is it? Am I the only one? I'm sure I'm not. Who
1: pictures Wally? Doing this, Like, every time I think of Perseverance, I know that he's more complicated than the the cartoon Wally, but that's what I think of, him staring down at a piece of rock in his hand.
0: Absolutely. That's exactly it. Just staring (laughs) at it for a couple hours. Just, yes.
1: (laughs) Now, uh, this was a bit of an alarming news for me, but I had to read the story to make sense of it. It looks like COVID could be reaching space, but not in the way that we think. It's all in the name.
0: It is all in the name, and this still makes me so... Concerned. (laughs) So what what we're doing is currently we're naming new variants with Greek letters. So we have the Delta variant currently in Australia wreaking havoc. There's now the new Mu variant, so MU. Once we run out of Greek letters, because there's a finite number of Greek letters, they're going to start naming the new variants after constellations. And this makes me very sad. It's like, (laughs) no, don't taint the stars like that, please. So you're talking... Orion, you're talking, what else? The Andromeda variant, the Libra variant. Imagine the variants named after the star signs. I don't know how well that's going to (laughs) go.
1: Well, let's hope things get under control and we don't end up taking your constellations away from you, Kirsten. I sure hope so. (laughs) Don't want to affect your work or your love for space. And as always, we're really thankful for your time Bring us up to speed on All Space News. And you can follow Kirsten on socials at Astro Kirsten as well. Check her out and keep informed of all things space. Thank you for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.